Uh, so right now, I would like for us to give Mark and Susan a great big Hope Community Church welcome as they come to the stage. Everybody all right? Gee whiz. Y'all got an hour's extra sleep from the first service. You got to do better than that. Hey, it's great to be with you again. Um, I've asked Susan to wait to come to the stage because we wanted to get some good promotional shots for our website and stuff, and I don't want her to be in them. So um, just teasing. Uh, For those that don't know us, I'm very sorry you should. And by the end of this, maybe you will. Um, I'm a pretty sarcastic fellow. Hey, uh, there she is. Yay. I'll explain the delay in a minute. But if you're new to... Keep it up. Hope Community Church, and you haven't made this your church. It's a wonderful, wonderful church. And uh, I'm a no BS guy, if you know what I mean. And this church is the real deal. And... Anybody that has somebody on staff that can make all the announcements that Pastor Skip just made without a piece of paper or anything on the screen back there, I'm like, dude, how do you remember that? I'm pretty amazed. I'd be holding a piece of paper. But seriously, a church that's being so proactive in the middle of this pandemic, we're taking missions trips and and uh, and you know what? We want to go to India, but things are limiting, so we can't go there. So we're going to do a virtual missions trip. I don't even know what that is yet. But it's what we're doing in prison, isn't it? Uh, Laura Lucier and, and uh, Carly Davis have helped us pioneer a movement that we're, we, we normally are on tour about uh, six to eight months out of the year in prisons all over the country, putting on concerts, sometimes with full bands, sometimes just the two of us with the band in the box I'm getting ready to use. Um, but we can't do that right now. But what we can do is we can produce music videos of us playing and preaching and teaching and doing what we do in prisons and, uh, and I came here, we came here in June and talked about, we're going to start doing this. And uh, Laura came up and said, hey, why don't we form a team to help you duplicate the DVDs and package them? And I know you said like 15 people are coming out now. And so, I mean, what that looks like is I've got our, a bedroom in our house set up as an audio video studio. And we create the content like we're talking to the inmates a lot, like streaming services. How are you guys online? Um, and, uh, and, and we put on a DVD because prison inmates still have to use DVDs, right, in state and federal prisons. And so, uh, and then we get books. Well, what happens is well, I send the master files to this church, and you guys have a DVD burner, a shrink wrapper, all the packaging, all the labeling. It's like being made with. We've now sent out three shipments uh, to 100 different prisons across the country uh, with DVDs, books, whole boxes of content. I told the first service, I said, you know, if I was in prison, and I've done a few things that could have landed me there, don't look at me like that, because many of you have too, in our younger years, maybe some of you last night, I don't know, but uh, 
you know, if I was in prison and and this pandemic was going on right now, one in four, uh, one in five inmates have COVID. They're locked down. They're locked in. They don't have any visitors. They don't have anybody. You know, some inmates, the only visitors they get are people like us that go in, volunteers. Their families rejected them or died off. They've been in prison for 40 years, you know, and so we're the only hope. Uh, coming in there and just spending time with them. We go to entertain, to evangelize, and to edify, and just have a good time with them. And But if I was in prison in the middle of this pandemic, and you told the church, especially if I was raised in church, and I knew some of you church people, and then I got out and did some dumb stuff, and got away from church, and got locked up, and you forgot about me, I wouldn't forget about you. Yeah, those are the people that say this and say one thing and do another, you know. So thank you for letting us show up, even though we can't physically be there. Amen. All right, we'll do a couple of songs for you. These are brand new songs. And uh, we fumbled through them. We have, we, this is only the second time we performed them live. Um, the, the first service was the first time. We did an acoustic version of this song. It's going to be on a new album. We've got a, an album from 2019 out there now. We're recording a new album to have music for inmates, but also we play other places and churches. And so we are going to uh, give a go of this. This song came uh, to us th- probably within the first three or four days of right after everything got locked down. We were on the road uh, in Florida. We traveled by RV doing the looser thing, you know, six to eight months out of the year. Actually, they do it full time. And, uh, and we... Uh, Found ourselves like, well, everything's locked down. What do we do? We got our sound system, all of our equipment. We can't go anywhere. But we were parked near a friend's shed, and I said, well, let's let's do what everybody else is doing. Let's make a video for inmates. So that's how things began. But this song came right out of the gate. Um, it's called Your Stay. And a stay is, I didn't even know what it was. Isn't it crazy? God lets me write a song called Your Stay. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? After the song is over. Um, a stay is actually... The series of ropes and chains that keep those old tall sailing ships, um, keep them on course. It's the rope system. And if we ever needed a, a, a stay right now, uh, it's right now, isn't it? In the middle of this storm that we're in. And uh, so we're going to try it. All right. And at the end of it, even if, um, even if we screw it up, you're going to clap wildly. Okay, you want to practice that? All right. Okay, I know somebody out there can whistle. I didn't hear any whistles in that whole deal. Who, let me hear a whistler. There you go. Can you do, you do that with your fingers or without your fingers? Hope your hands are clean. All right. Where the enemy comes in like a roaring lion And worry is on your mind When you can't sleep cause the water's so deep You can trust in me When the waves roll so high And the wind blows you down Trust in me I'll be a rock that you can stand on I'll be a fortress in the fray 
comes knocking at your door and steals the ones you love when your heart is filled with unbearable grief you can trust in me when hope seems lost and your power begins to break will you believe what your eyes can't see and trust in me For all you guitar players out there, I did write a smoking hot lead for that song, and I've yet to play it right. You know, Sam. You're just right in the front row looking at me going, I heard it in rehearsal. It was better than that. Anyway, so that, that'll be on. They're going to play another brand new song we've yet to play publicly. Um, 
that's going to be on the new album called Last Wave of Summer. And, you know, on December 17th, Susan and I celebrated 38 years of marriage. Some of you have been married longer than that because you're older than us. Um, but uh, it's a bigger miracle than you can imagine. We were both kicked out of high school. I was kicked out of three high schools. She was kicked out of one. We both had drug problems. We both were getting arrested by the law and all sort of issues. But God radically saved us on November 23rd, 1982. And if anyone be in Christ Jesus, they're a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new and we're living proof. And, uh, and so God gave us three awesome kids who had no idea. You see, my father had gone to prison when I was seven years old. My mom was a church going woman. She gave me a drug problem from the day I was born. She drugged me to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, revival time, Sunday school, whenever, right? Um, so our household was kind of conflicted and crazy, to put it that way. And, uh, by the grace of God, he let our kids be raised with a Christian mom and a Christian dad. And so they're all grown now. And uh, when they were just about to, I guess our youngest is 27, Matt Mason. He's a rock star, really. Ask about it. Um, uh, he's 27, and then we got a 30-year-old, did I get that right? And a 32-year-old. That's right. Almost 30. Almost 30. Almost 28. Almost 28. Almost 30. I love them. I really do. They're my children. Um, but uh, anyway, when they were growing up, we were living in Virginia Beach, actually, at the time, which is where we're from down that area. And I was out on the beach one day and and uh, just thought about the change of seasons in our life. And, uh, and, you know, we were pretty much coming to the end of our summer, I guess you'd say, in life. If you look at summer, you know, when you're born, it's spring. Everything's new and growing. And then summer and, and then it becomes fall. And your body starts falling apart. You start taking pills for this and that. <laughs> and your kids move away and nobody loves you. And Not really. That's a joke, people. Um, so anyway, I wrote this song uh, about, um, about that change in seasons. And it's a very heartfelt song of me kind of singing to my wife. But she doesn't look at me the whole time she sings it. So we'll talk about that after the service. Baby, did you ever imagine the years would go by so fast? Now the last wave of summer washes out to sea. A new day has gone and let's savor this moment Love has brought us to With autumn upon us I have to be honest I can live another lifetime with you Put your hand in my hand Your head on my chest I'll block the wind from the east and the Angels of mercy 
beautiful song, isn't it? Even though I wrote it. Amen, Skip. Pastor Skip. Amen. I don't have a pride problem. All right. Well, uh, you may know this song. If you do, uh, sing it. I really want to hear you. you, you the first service, mm, on a scale of one to ten, point eight. All right. Oh, the blood of
upside down My whole wide world crashed to the ground Had no idea what I'd do I fell on my knees and cried out to you And the blood of Jesus washed my blues away Every time I fall, every time I fail, he saves I guess all three of those are going to be on the, on the new record, but we do have a record out there. It's only a year old, and uh, there's some pretty good songs on it, I, I think. Of course, I'm biased toward myself. Um, <laughs> and there's a, a book out there on the table as well that I wrote in the summer of 2019 um, called Thrival Mode, Using the Power of Vision to Ignite Your Passion for Living. You can, you can go to lifeontheverge.com, lifeontheverge.com right now. I won't call you out for playing on your phone. Um, and download a free copy of it if that's what you want. Or you can pick up the hard copy out there in the lobby. And uh, again, here's the CD. It's called Still Moving Targets. Uh, Susan and I know that we are targets in the enemy's crosshairs because of what we do. Um, we know God has given us a powerful testimony to talk to people on the pathway to hell and let them know that there is hope. Talk to people that have the blues that are about to give up and say, you know what, if God can change me. So we are targets, but we stay moving. And so there's, there's songs on here about relationships. They're not all, you know, um, they're all songs from Christians, but they're not all worship songs, which I love. Don't get me wrong. This is, by the way, what's called a compact disc. This is what we used to listen to not long after vinyl which is another thing they used to put music on. And so this could be a collector's item. So even if you buy it, you might not want to unwrap it. Just saying. 
Uh, and then also on the table is uh, the original Good Infection DVD that we sent out um, we, we, when we first got the ID and a picture of the shed that we actually recorded it in that I edited and made a cover out of and sent it out to about 12 prisons. And now whole boxes of material are going out to um, over 100, well, 100 prisons every month so far. And you guys are helping us do that. Um, Pastor Chris is on here. This is like the real rough and tumble right after the pandemic hit. I was like, hey, Pastor Chris, send me something for the inmates, man. Say it on your phone. Tell them you love them. Tell them Hope Community Church. They, you guys do. You support us financially. I know you have a heart for it. So all these pastors are doing it. So all that stuff's on here. So if you pick one of those up, I forget my wife can tell you. If you can't afford any of these resources, but you really want a copy, get a job. Um, so... Anyway, let me see. I'm, by the way, I am about to uh, preach an amazing sermon. It's probably going to be far more amazing than the music, which was amazing in and of itself, was it not? Okay. But I, bought a, I brought an insurance policy just in case. Even if you don't like the music and you don't like the sermon, I still win. I brought a dog to church. Is this a service we stream? Yeah, check it out, World Wide Web. Um, Samson is, uh, he is 14, right, Susan? Almost 14? Okay. Samson, in this crazy pandemic year, lost his mama and his daddy, who he's been around his whole life. Dinky was 16 and four months. That was his mama, and his daddy was Spike, and he was 15, Okay. And uh, so now the reason Sam is really here is because he's like so attached to my wife. He's just like freaking nerve, like the, the nervous chihuahua big time. And he's also on narcotics for, for his collapsed trachea. And, uh, and so um, he has the blues, if you know what I mean. He's got good reason to have the blues because they've been together. All three, they were our three amigos. They've traveled the country several times, back and forth, all over the place in the RV with us. And so he has the blues for good reason. And it, this is a year for all of us. Say bye, Samson. Oh, if you stop by the table, we'll allow you to pet him. Um, it's, it's crazy. This year is absolutely nuts. And it's normal to get the blues. I mean, even if we weren't having a pandemic, the blues are a normal part of life. Uh, read your Bible. I mean, the Psalms are full of blues, people getting the blues. You know, that like, like King David was like the original bluesman, you know, and, and uh, if you really want to, if you're really feeling down and out and you know, the power of the blues that sometimes are really sad songs. It's, well, it resonates like, oh, he's human too. They're singing this song. You know, remember Tears in Heaven by Eric Clapton? And we cover that song when we go to prisons. I used to point fingers and go, oh man, you would be in heaven if you knew Jesus. No, he was just saying he lost his son, four years old, fell out of a skyscraper and died. And he wrote a song called Tears in Heaven. And it vibes with a, obviously a lot of people around the world because, hey, I'm not the only one going through loss and that kind of thing. And so... Read Psalm 73 if you have the blues. There's some homework for you. Psalm 73, read it slowly. I recommend it to inmates all the time because if somebody has a reason to have the blues, it's somebody that's doing the rest of their life in prison. And I say, go read Psalm 73. You know, and, and, and you know, people act like they don't have the blues, right? But the fact is, is that, you know, we go on social media and 
what happened? Well, man, everybody's eating better than us. Everybody's got money to take a better vacation than me. Everybody's got a prettier husband than me, Skip. Um, Pastor Skip. Uh, you know, but you just see in front page news. We all get the blues, right? We all cry when other people aren't looking because of what we're going through. Thank God we have a God, right, that knows. We don't understand, but we can trust him. Uh, so I'm going to talk about breaking out of the blues box. And if you're a guitar player, you know what that phrase means. It's a scale that we get stuck in when we play music sometimes. But we all get in a blues box sometimes. And if there's ever been a year to be in a blues box, it's right Absolutely crazy. Some of you have lost your jobs. You've lost loved ones. I've lost um Three friends that do prison stuff with us that go in. I mean, one guy's a grew up with all the Leonard Skinner guys and all the guys from Charlie Daniels. We used to play with Charlie Daniels before he died. And uh, and a man that loves God and the, most, the best harmonica player you ever heard. I mean, um, and one of these sweet Southern souls that everybody loves the minute they meet him. There ain't a prideful bone in his body, just as sweet as could be. I don't know why God took him home. In 10 days, he got that virus and he was gone. It gave me the blues. It still does, you know. So there's good reason to have the blues today. Uh, but know that God wants us ultimately to, my book talks about living in thrival mode. Living in, to thrive, not just, to thrive means to flourish, to grow vigorously. Isn't it awesome to watch this church flourishing and growing vigorously even in the face of this pandemic. That's the power of God, what God does, right? Our ministry has not suffered lack even though we're not on the road doing what we're doing. God is providing because God wants us. I believe our Heavenly Father wants us to thrive, to to grow, to flourish, right? What good father doesn't want that for their children? But we do have an enemy, an adversary that's always trying to mess that up. And lack of faith will mess it up, that's for sure. Not trusting God will mess it up. Uh, and so, oh, let me, let me back up a little bit just to further define the blues, uh, what the blues are, just some facts about the blues. When you hear blues, how many of you are familiar with blues songs? You know, like, the thrill is gone, you know, those kind of songs, right? And anybody? Anybody? How many of you ever, ever listened to B.B. King? Yeah. Freddie King, Alvin, Al- Albert King, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yeah. Come on. All right. Well, here's some fun facts. Most blues begin with woke up this morning. Blues begin, or I got a good woman is a bad way to begin the blues unless you stick something nasty in the next line like, I got a good woman with the meanest face in town. (laughs) The blues is simple. After you get the first line right, repeat it, then find something that rhymes, sort of like, got a good woman with the meanest face in town. Yes, I got a good woman with the meanest face in town. Got teeth like Margaret Thatcher and she weighed 500 pounds. That's the blues. The blues ain't about choice. You stuck in a ditch, you stuck in a ditch. Ain't no way out. Blues cars are Chevys, Fords, Cadillacs, broken down trucks. Blues don't travel in Volvos, BMWs, or SUVs. Uh, Walking plays a major part in the blues lifestyle. So does fixing to die. Teenagers can't sing the blues because they ain't fixing to die yet. A man with male pattern baldness ain't the blues. A woman with male power pattern baldness is the blues. That got a better laugh in the first service, didn't it? 
Blues is all about fear and anxiety and it can be lack of trust in God to come through and it comes on us like waves sometimes. You know what I'm talking about. Now there's clinical depression and stuff that's, you know, you really need professionals involved, but most of us aren't there. Okay. Most of us just deal with the blues. We get depressed, we get down and, and then we feel bad about feeling down. We go to church and we hear a sermon of a man, I should be better. I should, I shouldn't be thinking like and it just another wave comes over us, right? And so how do we how do we break out of that? Well, first off, understand that Jesus warned about the blues. He said it this way in Mark chapter four, verse 18. Uh, he talking about the seed that got sown. He said this was the gospel. He said some of it fell among the thorns, but the worries of this life. The worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desire for other things come in and choke the word and make it unfruitful. That word worries, the Greek is cares or anxieties come in. And so you might make heaven, but the devil will do everything he can to worry you to death so you don't take anybody else with you. Right. To get you so distracted by your problems. That, that, that you don't do, you don't bear fruit, like Jesus said, uh, in the next verse, other seeds sown on the good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. So how do we break out of the, the blues box? I'm gonna go ahead and give you my points right up front so you know where I'm going. And I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say you stay ready, you stay full, and you stay busy. Say that with me. Stay ready, stay full, stay busy. Stay ready, stay full, stay busy. I want you to remember it. Stay ready, stay full, stay busy. Loud as you can. Stay ready, stay full, stay busy. All right. Jude, verse 17, there's only one chapter. He said, but you must remember, beloved, the prediction of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you in the last time, stay ready, there will be scoffers following their ungodly passions in these who, or these are those that cause divisions, worldly people devoid of the spirit, but you beloved building yourself up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourself in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life, stay full and have mercy on those that doubt save others by snatching them from the fire to others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by corrupted flesh, stay busy. Stay ready. You know, what what Jude is saying, he's echoing the words of Jesus. Jesus told us to be ready. He's coming in an hour that you don't think that you don't, as in the days of Noah, I'll, I'll read those scriptures in a second here, but, but can we not see that, that we're in a different time, aren't we? If the first church lived and believed that Christ could come tomorrow, how much more should we, when we're the first generation that could fulfill what the angel talked about, pouring the vial out and a third of mankind was wiped out just like that. It could happen before the next word comes out of my mouth, couldn't it? The Bible talks about control, buying and selling. No one will be able to buy or sell without the number of the beast. And we've almost made that comical sometimes, right? Uh, I mean, the culture has with the 666 and all that. But the fact of the matter is you can't go to Walmart and buy a tomato that don't have a number on it, that hasn't been inventoried. All of our finances are wrapped up in numbers, aren't they? Just like that, the financial number system could collapse and none of us could spend our money. Can we not see where we're at, where we're living, the, the day and age? And, and yeah, there should be a little bit of fear, you know, uh, mixed with, you know, excitement, anticipation, right? I can only imagine kind of thing. What am I going to do when I see Jesus? He is coming back. This is the first generation uh, that, that could do these kinds of things. You know, Jesus said in 
Matthew chapter 24. I'm going to give one long conversation, more homework and read the whole thing, but I'll read quite a bit of it. Um, is Matthew chapter 24 and 25. Okay, read over them this week. These are words of Jesus. When Jesus was asked, what will be the sign of your coming? He said this, <clears throat> Jesus answered, see that no one leads you astray. Now let me back up. This is the same man that stood and talked to a small group of people uh, in Jerusalem. I guess it was Jerusalem and, and told them, you know what? Hey guys, this good news that I brought to you, it's going to pre- be preached all over the world as a witness to me. It happened, didn't it? He said he's coming back. It's going to happen. And here's what he's saying. Listen to his words. He says, see that no one leads you astray for many will come in my name saying I am the Christ and they will lead many astray and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you not, are not alarmed for this must take place, but the end is not yet for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of birth pains. So these things have always been, there's always been wars and rumors of wars and diseases and pestilences and earthquakes, but, but. He said it's going to be like birth pains. The contractions are going to get closer and closer together. And that's what we're seeing, isn't it? Stay ready. Stay ready. We need to stay ready. I need to stay ready. He said the one that endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom must be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. That means people groups. And then the end will come. For as lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call and will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. But concerning that day... And that hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the son, but the father only. For as in the days of Noah, so will become, so will be the coming of the son of man. In other words, you know, and Luke, I think, says they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. And life was just going by as normal. And it closed in like a trap. As a matter of fact, he said in Luke, be careful your hearts are not weighed down with carousing, drunkenness and the anxieties, the blues of life. And that day close in on you suddenly like a trap. Stay ready. Stay ready. Stay full. Stay busy. Full of what? Some of you are full of something, but I'm not going to say it from a church stage. Stay full of what? Full of the Holy Spirit. Full of the Word of God. Right? Full of the presence of God. He said, Jude said in verse 20, you beloved, here's what we should be doing. Build yourself up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourself in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. We need to stay full and continually filled. That says in Ephesians 5.18, I think, that we're to be filled. And the tense of that word is to be filled and continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Word of God. Know what God said. Don't just know what Fox News or, or Newsmax or CNN said or MSNBC. What did God's Word say? That's what I want to know. That's what I want to be on my mind when I'm falling asleep at night. Because I don't know. Baby, he's coming tomorrow. Listen, this isn't a message meant to scare us. You know, the church went from one extreme to the other. When I was growing up... Anybody ever see the movie A Thief in the Night? All right. A Thief in the Night was about Jesus coming, the rapture coming, and all the Christians were taken away, and everybody else was left here to pray for the Antichrist, right? And it scared the living mess out of us as kids. Oh, my gosh, because none of us felt like we were. We knew we were holy, you know? And it was like, I'd come home from school, and nobody, my mom was a latchkey kid anywhere. Nobody would be there. And I was like, oh, man, I hope mom makes it home from work. And I'd look to see if my, see if my brother is home. And I'm like, that doesn't matter anyway. He ain't going. And it was like... You know, 
freaking. But so th- that was a problem. So what it, what it caused, it, you heard terms like the rapture bus, the rapture bus stop. The church, all they talked about was the last days and Jesus is coming back. So what do we do? Let's all get in a holy huddle and wait. So that was bad. So then we went the complete far other end of it where churches, I mean, some do, but most churches don't preach. Jesus is coming back and we need to stay ready. We need to stay ready, you know, and, and we need to stay full of the Holy Spirit. This conversation that Jesus was having in Matthew chapter 24 and 25. So he he says, here's here's the sign. Guys, stay ready. I'm going to be coming back. I'm telling you to be ready. Then he goes straight into a parable. He goes, let me tell you this story about these 10 virgins. And they were waiting for their master was supposed to come and they were going to run out to meet him. And it was going to be overnight. They were waiting. And five of those virgins, I don't know why I chose virgins, but it's probably symbolic of something, but just five ladies, um, brought enough oil in their lamps to see through the dark all night long if, you know, they had enough oil in their lamp, but five of them didn't bring enough oil. And they got partway through the night and the five, the master hadn't come back, you know, the, the, and, and the five that didn't have any oil were like, Hey, we ran out. Can we borrow some of your oil? And they said, no, you're going to have to go get some going to town or whatever. And while they were away, that's when the master returned. And those that had the oil were able to go out and meet him. Oil in the Bible is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. We're to be ready to be filled, to have a consistent, constant relationship with Jesus. As jacked up as we are, we know that we're all struggle with sin. We all fall short. That's it. He loves us. He's our father. He wants us to run to him when we screw up, right? Stay ready. Have a consistent relationship with the Lord. So Jesus is saying, I'm coming back. Stay full of the Holy Spirit. Have a current and consistent relationship with Jesus. And there's no better way to do that than with fellow believers. In your local church. That's why God brought the local church together. And so stay ready, stay full, stay busy. Stay busy doing what? It says in uh, verse 22, he said, have mercy on those who doubt, save others by snatching them out of the fire. I believe it's God's expectation that gratitude for all he has done will propel us to stay busy. We're not saved by works, but we're saved for good works, right? I mean, I can say I'm a believer, but James said, show me your works then. Show me what you're doing. And it's not because I have to, it's because I get to. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. Do you want to get to the end of this life and not ever discover what the things God had prepared for you to do? I believe the only way... To find that is through a relationship with Jesus. You know, that same conversation, by the way, I'm coming back. Stay ready. Stay ready. Parable of the virgins. I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you to stay full of the Holy Spirit. Right after that, the parable of the talents is your homework. He gave, he went to three servants. The master went to three servants and gave them a certain amount of money and said, put it to work when I return. I want, I want to return. He went away to a distant country and he came back. The one he gave five to said, look, I took what you gave me and I doubled it. I put it to work. I took my potential and I doubled it. I made, I, I gained some fruit. The other one he gave two to, I doubled it. The one he gave a single bag of gold to basically is what it was. Said, I was afraid you were a hard man and I buried it. He called him a wicked and slothful servant. And he took away the one 
and gave it to the one that had the most that would put it to work. Listen to what's happening in this conversation that Jesus is giving. I'm coming back. Stay ready. Stay full of the Holy Spirit, no matter what's going on in this world around us. Listen, this will break you out of the blues box because suddenly you're living life on offense. I'm, I'm ready for Jesus to come back. And listen, we may see him from this angle or we may see him from the other angle if we leave this earth first, but he's coming back. Stay ready. Stay full of the Holy Spirit. Stay busy doing what you can with what you have, with what he's entrusted you with. Your gifts, your abilities, your finances. Put it to work. Stay busy. Stay busy doing what? Guess what? Same conversation. He goes into the parable of the sheep and the goats. He says there's going to come a day. When the king is going to call all the multitudes before him and he's going to separate the people as he would separate sheep and goats. And he's going to look at the sheep and he's going to say, I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was hungry and you you weren't so wrapped up in your own lack, so wrapped up in your own circumstances. You realized that there was somebody worse off than you and you reached out to me. I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Even in the face of your own lack of time and your own lack of finances, some way, somehow, by faith, you stepped out. By the way, if you're going to do anything for God that bears fruit, it's not going to come out of your comfort. It's going to come because you don't think you have enough talent or money or time. It's going to come through faith. Faith is what we transact with heaven with. This is what pleases God. When we step out by faith, it boosts our testimony. When we do something, oh my gosh, I don't have any extra time. I don't have any extra money. I don't have enough talent, but we still step out and do it. And God comes through. Suddenly your faith has grown and you're doing bigger and better things. God wants us to stay busy. You know, he looks at the goats and he says, I was hungry. I was thirsty. I was in prison. I was, I was sick. I was naked. And you didn't help me out. And they'll say, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or naked or and you did He said, what you did to the least or didn't do to the least of these, you didn't do to me. I want you to hear that whole conversation. And it's for our own good. No condemnation here for me too. Okay. When I get the blues, let me remember, I need to stay ready for the return of Christ. I need to play offense. I need to step out. Listen, this is not a message of works and you got to feel bad because you're not doing enough. No, this is all about, I don't know what busy looks like for you. Okay? That's that. That's where you stay full of the Holy Spirit. Say, Lord, show me what I can do with what you've given me. Because you've entrusted me just like you did in that parable of the talents, and you expect a return. And how do you want me to put it to work? Looking out for people that are worse off than me. You know, when I, I was the youth pastor here 25 years ago. Came here in 1995. Was here 95 to 2000 and went through some hell on earth. That's another whole story. It was great. Don't get me wrong. It was a wonderful time. Fruit-bearing time. Growing time. It's a Rough stuff happened too. But I would really get the blues, raising a young family, financial challenges, all that stuff. And I would feel, I'd have every reason in the world, like Samson, to have the blues. But the thing that broke me out of that blues box, I would sit at a desk in that old building. We didn't have email back then. I would handwrite postcards to kids in our youth group. Tell them how awesome they were. Tell them I was so glad they were coming to the youth group. And I wouldn't get through the first or second postcard and the blues would lift. In the face of your own need, move by faith. Stay full. Or stay ready. Stay full. Stay busy. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to speak to your people in person and online. 
And I pray you check all of us in our heart where we need to in that message, God. Lord, that we would all be ready for your appearing, Jesus. We would all be filled with the Holy Spirit and continually filled and filled with your word. And we would all be busy about the Father's business. If there's anyone here that doesn't know you, that doesn't have a relationship with you, God, I pray that you would draw them this moment in Jesus' name.